you know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. It is us, those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. Golf Magazine Top 100 teacher Jeff Smith on the road to Florida. It's wintertime for, for a golf instructor par excellence. You know what the deal is? I just left Indiana this morning. Right? So here I am in a hotel in South Georgia because I decided I would uh, drive no longer, get a good night's sleep, do the radio show. That drive to Florida is interminable. I mean, you cross the border and you go, oh, we're almost there. And then you drive and drive and drive. I mean, I got to go all the way down to, to Naples. So, you know, it's a that whole welcome to Florida sign is might as well say, guess what, dude? Six more hours left. <laughs> You're <laughs> almost there. <laughs> right. But, you know, I, I left and it's it's 70 some degrees um, in Indiana right now. Indian summer, as they call it. Golf courses are still packed. Mm-hmm. And I left. Yeah. But boy, let me tell you, I called down at Bonita Springs and like, can you drive any faster? <laughs> because everybody's coming. They're oh, rolling man. in right now. Let's go. So it's a uh, snowbird festival going on. It is. They're rolling in there and, and I'm rolling down there and I'm, I'll get there tomorrow, pat, get all my stuff lined up and ready to go. And the very next day is go, 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 baby. Yeah show up and just ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. I, you know, I, I do another podcast with a friend of mine named Neil Michaels. And the name of the podcast is um, The Approach Shot. Right. Check it out. It's wonderful. We, uh, we basically talk to uh, celebrities, the famous and the infamous, about their golf game and their careers and, you know, what yeah. they're doing now and stuff like that. We had a guest uh, who will be uh, on the show next week who lives close to where you work in the wintertime. Oh, really? And would love to come see you. He should. Because his golf game is uh, questionable at best, as he put it. (laughs) Well, then he should come hang out with me and have a good time and get way better. I'm going to give you a hint as to who he is. Okay. Orange Roof, 28 Flavors. Turnpike. Howard Johnson? Yes. Oh, Joe, himself. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) No, the man, the man with the New York Mets uh, World Series rings, Howard Johnson. Well, then if he comes, he better be wearing one of those rings. <laughs> I want to see that. Yeah, he'll he's close to home. He'll have it. He keeps them in at his home. Does he? Yeah, because yeah, because it's know. it's it's too much of a uh, temptation for for nefarious types to. Uh, Try to get a hold of them. You know what I'm saying? But anyhow. I just want to see it. So would you get intimidated trying to teach golf to a major league no. World Series winner? No. I, look, I have been stepped on by an NFL Hall of Famer. I wasn't intimidated. <laughs> I got stepped on. Okay. So the rest of it is like, well, if he's not going to step on me, well, then what do I care? <laughs> In, in his you know, I've worked with time. NFL football players. I've worked with NBA basketball players. Um, you know, no, no, I, I, they're, yeah. they're golfers when they show up. And <laughs> golfers are, as you well know, um, in need. And yeah. when they're in need and they show up, they're, they're effectively saying, 
okay, Jeff, I can't do this myself. Yeah. Help me. You can. Yeah, yeah you can. Yeah. Let's do this. Right. Yeah. So no, we have a good time with that. We were talking about why, why he thought there was such a, a problem. The, the man can hit a, a hundred mile an hour fastball. You know, a, a ball, you have to make a decision. Like you said, you have to make a decision when to swing almost before it leaves the pitcher's hand. Oh, yeah. Right. In the windup, they're saying with some of these guys with the heat that they throw, when the pitcher's arm starts to move is when the batter starts to move. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing about the timing of the the high end baseball stuff now. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it's right or not. I'm just hearing that. Right. Yeah, I, I mean, that's what you're saying that, right? that you have to you have to basically be a student of the game because you have to anticipate what kind of a pitch is coming and you have to anticipate where it's going to be and swing yeah. there. And you may yeah, or may not the pitchers make trying to throw it to a place that you can't hit it to a place that's going to cause you success. Yes. <laughs> but he said he can do that, but he has a, what's, what's the diameter of a golf ball? Uh, 1.68 inches. Okay. He has a 1.68 inch orb stationary on the ground in front of him. He has no idea a, if he can hit it or B when he hits it, where it's going to go. Yeah. Here's one of the things that's it's so different. These two games. Yes. Stick hits ball tells it where to go. Success or failure happens in both. Right. Right. But let's think about the, the major differences here. Look at baseball. We have a 90-degree playing field that we get to hit it into. And if we don't hit it into that 90-degree playing field, it's still okay. Yeah. Matter of fact, we get to stand up there and do it again and again and again and wear out the pitcher's arm if that's what we're doing. Yeah. Okay. I get it. We just hit it where they ain't. That's the biggest mm-hmm. thing. And that's, you know, angles and luck and all that stuff, right? Yeah. But but with golf, we got to hit it right up the pitcher's nose, <laughs> right? Yeah. We got to hit our ball up the middle, you know, basically straightaway center field all the time. So, yeah, the ball's stationary, and we start stationary, and it would seemingly be easier to do, but sometimes it isn't because the brain gets in the way or technique gets in the way. Or just a bad club face angle gets in the way. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we got trouble. Another one of our guests who uh, is, is on currently, if you were to go to the approach shot.net and just, or approach shot, no, the approach shot.net and listen, um, he also lives close to you. And uh, he actually, he lives in Jupiter, Florida, around the corner, along the corner from, um, um yeah our good friend what's his name um i got a lot of good friends over there the, the guy from you louisville the pga the, the the pro from louisville why can't i remember uh, his name justin thomas justin thomas he lives right yeah. across right, right around the corner from justin thomas okay his daughter knows him well they made a movie about him oh they did yes it was called invincible wait a minute and his There's name, already an invincible movie out there. 
Well, this is from 2008. It's about Vince Papali. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I thought you were talking about Justin Thomas. No, no, no. This they is made Vince... the movie about Justin Thomas. Called no, they Vince... made a movie about so... Vince Papali. Vince Papali yeah, is around the I've corner seen. from Justin oh, Thomas. You... Oh, you got to be kidding me. No. In How Jericho. about that? And he'd like to come see you too. He he's uh, you know he's a football player, but he's a, he's a good athlete and he's a a great um, speaker. And he'd like to play better. He's about an eighteen handicap. He's he's not Send him. he's not bad about being an eighteen handicap. But you know, if he had him. an opportunity to be a little better, he might enjoy it more. So yeah, yeah. So here we go. You know, I'll hook you up, man. I'll I hook like you up. it. Teacher to the stars, buddy. Mm-hmm. You know, that'll be it. And then eventually I can tell people I used to know you. Well, you still do. <laughs> After you get <laughs> rich and famous with a big head and move on. But yeah. anyhow. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Is it easier to come down to Florida and play? I mean, because the the weather is, let's say, more amenable to playing golf. The weather is here. I wish you were beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> um. So here's what I think so far about, I haven't played a lot of golf in Florida yet, but I do know this. It's the flattest state in the country. Mm -hmm. And pretty much all the golf courses down there are kind of that way. Yeah. But not all. Like, for example, uh, down in Naples, we got a place called Calusa Pines. And they brought in and moved around a whole lot of turf. And there's elevation change there. Cool. And then up in Claremont, Florida, like northwest of Orlando, there's a whole county up there that's just rolling terrain. And there's a a, a, a golf course up there called the Diamond Players Club. And it, baseball players built this place. Okay. Not, it's not the other kind of Diamond Players Club. Gotcha. Okay? But this is, this is a, a golf course. And there's a ton of elevation change on this rolling hills every place and that you wouldn't have any idea from the terrain that you were in florida gotcha right but there's still a ton of palm trees and it's still hotter than fire and you still got houses on the golf course with little eyes so you know yeah. you're in florida yeah and, and <laughs> you know alligators walking across the fairways every now and again yeah it's a little crazy but uh, one of the things that vince papali said was he loved golf because he said it's different every time you play it oh it is even on the same course the holes yeah, are in different places. It's a different course every time you, you go and out. The conditions are a little course. different. You know, one mm-hmm. day it's a little windy, one day it's not. You know. Yeah, and you know, one day you hit the ball to a slightly different place, and you got to come in from a different angle, and it's a different ripple in the fairway, and you know, it is. Yeah. The you know the home run walls and are are different in baseball, but every base is ninety feet from every other base, and the pitcher's mound is always sixty feet six inches from home plate. And those dimensions are always the same. The football field is always a hundred yards, goal line to goal line. And uh, tennis courts are always the same. Yeah, and tennis courts are always and, the same. And believe yeah. me, those things. Look, they they have ten, tennis tournaments all over the country, and you know what? All the venues look the same. Yeah, they Not do. Golf, they do. So we're going to talk about what makes golf different and why you, uh, you know, what what you need to master can we say or at least be conversant with in order to be successful whatever you consider successful on the golf course to be uh we'll talk about that when we come right back because we are going to take a quick break stick with us we'll be back we all those weekend golf guys
You know, I'm going to take credit for this, whether Jeff wants to give me credit for it or not. But when he was out in Colorado living alone, eating beefaroni and pizza, I suggested he try HelloFresh. You know, when you've got a crazy schedule like he has teaching all day, well, you don't have time to cook. You don't have time to go to the grocery store. You want mealtime to be special. You want to have a great dinner. You need HelloFresh because all of HelloFresh's stuff are quick and easy options. 15-minute meals. And with everything pre-portioned and delivered right to your door every week, it's a no-brainer. Even Jeff can do it. Take the hassle out of meal planning. It also saves you money. Do you know that? HelloFresh is cheaper than grocery shopping and 25% less expensive than takeout. Less stress in your day, more money in your pocket. What could be better? Go right now to HelloFresh.com slash 50 weekend. Get 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh.com slash 50 weekend. Five zero weekend. Use the code 50 weekend and you will get 50% off plus free shipping. Again, yeah, it's us. Those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He's Golf Magazine Top 100 uh, teacher, Jeff Smith. On his way to, was it Benita Bay? Benita Bay. In Benita Bay. Springs, Florida, basically Naples. You know, south of Fort Myers, across the street from Naples. Okay. <laughs> you know, you know what I found? A couple of things. You know, I spent just a little bit of time there this past spring. You know, I was there late March and the whole month of April and a little bit into May. And you know what I found? Traffic. Yeah, which is a whole lot different than where I spend my summers in in, uh, in in Colorado, right? Yeah, in the mountains. Isn't any traffic out there? No. I roll down Naples and Bonita Bay and Bonita Springs area. I'm like, Ooh, wow, that's a <laughs> lot of people and a lot of cars and a lot of stoplights. Yeah, and and a lot of non-Florida license plates. Yeah, lots of those. Yeah, but I did find some halfway decent pizza. Oh, those are that's you have to please the transplanted New Yorkers. Come on, yeah, yeah, that's right. I keep saying Florida is nothing but New York with palm trees, man. I, you know, I think that that's probably true on the the East Coast, Mm -hmm. but on the West Coast, it seems to be very Midwestern ish. Oh, really? Okay, so that's where all the Michiganders go, yeah, and the and the folks from Indiana and Ohio and Mm -hmm. Illinois, and I mean, they're they're nice and polite. Where are you from? They look at their license plate. It's a, one of those Midwestern states. Uh-huh. You're saying please and thank you. I know you're not from New York, New York. There's a few people though that are members at Benita Bay that are transplanted New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. And they said their blood pressure comes down every time they come to Benita Bay. And I asked, what do you, what do you think that is? And they said, nobody's in a hurry here. Yeah. You know what the shortest, the shortest measurable amount of time is? It's the time between the light turns green and the guy behind you hitches horn in New York City. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. But the the golf down here is, is you think about this, it's a relaxed atmosphere. But, you know, you got a a bunch of snowbirds, a bunch of retirees, Mm -hmm. people rolling down. And they're like, yeah, sure. All I got to do is play some golf, play some tennis, go to the pool. Yeah. Little pickleball. Let's go to the beach. Yeah, you know, let's go get the bluebird, blue uh, the, the bluebird special at uh, four thirty. <laughs> blue plate special, yeah. Blue plate special at four thirty. We're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> they start taking golf lessons at seven in the morning. Then they're they're done at four thirty in the afternoon because they got to go. I think that's the only thing everybody's in a hurry to do. There are so many golf courses, though. I mean, it. It's almost as overpopulated as is Myrtle Beach as far as golf facilities are. Sure looks like it. 
you know, I, I, every place you go, there's like, Oh, there's a something or other pelican something. And there's a, you know, heron this and, and, yeah. uh, and all the golf course names are named after the local, you know, manatee, this and that, and the other thing. you're like, okay, <laughs> I get it. Right? Dolphin, whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get it. Right. <laughs> but that's what they got. But you know, interestingly enough in, in the, how do we play these golf courses down here versus where we came from? Right. You get down here. And like I mentioned, a lot of them are flat, but they got different grass down here. And your favorite yeah. Bermuda, is it not? Yeah. For the most part. Uh, yeah. Well, let's, let's not get into that. I, you know, okay. look, the hair's still standing up on the back of my neck from last week's program about this. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So uh, a few new challenges arise when you're playing on different grass. Yeah. So you got to kind of know that, you know, you got to know what, what the ball is going to do on the green and how it's going to react and, and, and what's real and what's not. And, you know, you got to kind of figure that stuff out. So you got different shots around the greens to play and you got to learn in order to be a good player, you know, let's just say it's a place like Florida is adapt to the conditions, you know, middle of the day, get ready for the thunderstorm, bring your, uh, Bring your, your umbrella, gear, yeah. right? Bring your umbrella, go inside for a little bit or wade through it for, depends on if it's a thunderstorm or not. Right. Yeah. But if it's just rain, play through it two holes later, you know, it, it gives way. And next thing you know, it's bright and sunshiny again. Yeah. And you can see the steam rising off the ground. Yeah. It's pretty interesting how that yeah. all plays out. Right. So I, interestingly enough, I'll, I'll have to figure all that out. I don't know about the whole hurricane thing. Last year, they got blasted pretty hard, and hopefully this year I won't have to experience anything like that. Hopefully the, the whole area won't experience anything like that because I think yeah. they're still – I think they're going to be in recovery from the last one for years. Hurricane season's like June through September, isn't it? Well, this one lasted – and this one came in October last okay. year, so apparently is extended. Well, you know, sometimes hurricanes don't, they, they just don't know what month it is. <laughs> That's right. They're like, oh, sorry. You can't, you got somebody up there going, no, 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 sorry. Two days late. Got you can't go. be here. No. <laughs> but, you know, the people say stuff like, yeah, the ball doesn't travel as far. You know, the air is dense and sea level. And, uh, you know, ball spins differently because of the density, the moisture in the air and all that stuff. and. I don't know yet because I haven't been here. I just hear it. Some things make sense and some things sound like, uh, you know, old wives tales from a 40-some handicapped guy. Or, or excuses. Something. Yeah. yeah. You know, not counting the temperature variations. Right. Florida's topography is a lot like New Jersey. They are both really just a big sandbar. Yeah. And upstate New Jersey's got some action up there, though. Upstate does well, and, and yeah. upstate Florida does too. You were just talking about the, the yeah. Diamond Club and places like that where there's yeah, rolling terrain and stuff, but yeah, but still, there are a lot of sandy places, uh, coastal areas. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, my, my wife's a big fan of, of television shows about sinkholes, a lot Uh-oh. of them seem to happen in Florida. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's very true. Yeah, that's very true. I wonder if they're going to happen anywhere where you know we're going. I'm going to be. Let's hope not, hope man. Not. Let's hope, hope not, not because you know I'm not taking no excuses. 
They're not going to call and say, listen, I'm in the bottom of a sinkhole. I can't record today. No, 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 no. That is not happening. Because she'd be like, you got self-service now. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you do, could, can do that. That's right. Yeah. You know, I'm down there with the 16 other people trying to climb out of the, the cars that sank and the houses that sank. And then, yeah. and then I'm sitting there talking golf show, talk radio show, and they're trying to scavenge, scramble for their lives. They look at me like I'm an idiot. Okay, so you haven't been there much, but if it were true, if the air is much more dense in Florida than, say, Indiana, yeah, how much more dense does it have to be realistically to affect the flight of a golf ball? It would seem like it would have to be a lot. I mean, I'm not, I'm I'm no Mr. Science here, but it just seems like it would have to be enough that the ball couldn't climb as high and travel as far there'd be more moisture and more resistance so mm-hmm. the moisture would certainly affect the spin on the golf ball which would affect its lift right and um it, you know and certainly affect its carry distance for sure right except i don't see i mean i hate to bring up the pga tour but during their winter trek through florida they don't seem to uh have less distance because the air is more humid than anywhere else. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it just seems like they carry on and everything is looks about the same to me. But, you know, what do I know? I yeah. just talk well, on the radio. These guys are hitting you know? at absurd, absurd distances anyway. So yeah, I don't true. know whether, you know, Justin Thomas is down there, you know, smacking a seven iron when normally he'd be smacking an eight iron. I don't know. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I got you. I guess I still think that any any difference would be negligible. We should maybe find a physicist or something. Yeah, there's probably you know people do studies on that sort of thing that I never read nor cared about. Yeah. So maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll try to dredge up something like that and talk about it so we can <laughs> speak about it somewhat intelligently because yeah. right now we can't. Yeah, we we, <laughs> we got no idea, none whatsoever. Nothing. Yeah. You can tell us whatever and we'll believe it, you know? But I do know this. I know what I hear all the time out of the players. Mm -hmm. You know, when you travel and you go south and you go to the the low country and you go, you know, at at zero elevation. You know, even out in Southern California, when I was out there a month ago at TPI, it was on the Pacific Coast and you're sitting there. And and here you are at sea level, and they're talking about how the ball doesn't travel as far there, but the air's a little drier out there, but it's still at sea level. And, th- and they're like, well, where are you coming from? And I'm like, oh, I'm coming from the mountains of Colorado. And they're like, oh, the ball goes a mile and a half out there, doesn't it? I'm like, well, it seems to me it goes about a club farther from where I am in Indiana, where I was in Florida. Up there, I'm hitting a, a, an eight iron, like carrying it 155, and that's my normal seven iron. You know, I'm just looking at it like it. It was one club from the high elevations of the seven to eight to nine thousand feet to zero sea level. Looks like there's about a club difference. You once gave me a piece of advice and said over club until it's too much. So over club over trouble, over club early in the round when you're not hitting it really well. And then until the point where you start flushing it and it becomes too much, like a half a club too much, Mm -hmm. then then go back to normal. We have more good advice just like that coming up. Stick with us. We are those weekend golf guys. 
If you're used to doing some business on the golf course, we have another group for you on Facebook. It's called the Back Nine Advisory Board. It's a bunch of people who just share ideas on how to do business better while playing golf. Is hiring a challenge? Yes. Do you love a challenge? Also, yes. You need a hiring partner, though, that can help you rise to that challenge. You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's powerful hiring platform can help you do it all right there. They streamline hiring with powerful tools that find you matched candidates. So if you're like us, a small organization that doesn't have a whole lot of time to hunt down people, well, Indeed makes the hiring process all in one place easy. Candidates we invite to apply are three times more likely to apply to the job here than candidates who only see it in a search somewhere. Uh, That's according to US Indeed data. And we get one step closer to the hire by immediately matching with quality candidates. Our job, quality candidates matched. Bam, just like that. Want to try it? Of course you want to try it. We want to help you try it too. Here's what you do. Go to indeed.com slash weekend and we'll hook you up with a $75 sponsored job credit. So if you have an opening now, you can start hiring now at a discount. $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash weekend. The offer is good for a limited time. Once again, $75 credit now at indeed.com slash weekend. You know, in the minute I've been talking to you, 16 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data. Be the 17th. Indeed.com slash weekend. $75 sponsored job credit is yours right now. With Indeed's matching platform, you will find who you need. Indeed, you will. Well, of course, we have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash golf guys. Go there and follow us. Like us, please. Yes, we said we would be back, and here we are. It was not an idle threat. I'm John Ashton in the studio. He is Jeff Smith in the hotel on his way to Bonita Bay. Idle threat. It was a real threat, and we came through on it. We did indeed. Be specific about that. We did indeed. The good advice, over club until it's too much. You know, at the beginning of the round, if you're not uh, you're not really warm, if you haven't played for a while, if you're not terribly... Look, or if you're just not even sure you're going to hit it really well, yeah. and you just aren't giving it a full-throated effort because you're not sure of it, go a club long early on in the round till you feel a little frisky, till you know you're hitting it solid in the middle of the face. Because what'll happen when you do that early in the round, First things first, you'll be pin high. And then all of a sudden, your confidence level will go up because you didn't feel like you didn't hit it well and then swing harder and miss it worse. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So think about that and just think, okay, put the thought aside that says, I hit my eight iron 150 yards all the time. Bull. If it's uphill, you don't. Mm-hmm. If it's downhill, you don't. If it's into the wind, you don't. If it's against the wind, you don't. If it's downwind, you don't. If it's downhill, you don't. If it's uphill, you don't. There's a lot of factors going on, so you can't have this mindset right away that <laughs> so this is the club the because this is, is the yard. You hit your eight iron 150 once. 
Yeah. And that does not set the precedent. No, you know, there's so many different shots. There's so many different conditions. You know, here you are looking at it going, well, what's the what's the temperature? How dense is the air? Like, you know, barometric pressure kind of a stuff. What are we talking about here? Is it is there are there elements out there that we actually have to pay attention to? Probably. Do we? Most of us never. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Look, if you just take it one more club early and you strike it well and it goes a full club long. All right. You struck it well, then drop down. But most people never take enough club and then they're always short in the right bunker or the left bunker. And those bunkers, generally speaking, the back of the bunker is awfully close to the middle depth of the green. Interestingly enough, had you chosen the right club, you might be on the edge of that green, beyond the bunker, saving yourself that dreaded plug lie in the bunker and the double bogey early on in the round, and then you're scrambling from there. And one of the things, too, that that I have noticed about my own game, and I'm sure you have noticed it about yours, is that the scenario, the scenario, is you're about to hit a shot that if you go a little bit farther than you think you can, you're going to hit into somebody. But you don't want to be that guy who sits there and waits for the group in front of you to move or clear the green and then <laughs> top it and hit it, you know, 20 yards. So yeah. what you do is you take your hybrid or your fairway wood, whichever club you're about to use, and you think you just can't hit it too far. And you you know, you set up, you take your shot, you take your practice swings, and you swing gently. Maybe gently isn't the right word. Maybe you just don't swing, you don't swing out of your shoes. Okay, you just take a nice, smooth swing. And you find out that you hit that ball farther than you've hit that three wood or five wood or the hybrid all round. Because you've swung nice and smooth the way you're really supposed to. And you can kind of control where the club face is at that moment. And you wind up hitting in the middle of the face a lot yes. more often. Yes. So it's when, amazing you say that. It's almost like you've listened to this show for the last 12 years of us doing it. I've lived it, man. <laughs> but the opposite is also true. When you sit there and you say, well, I've got a seven iron and I need, I need to real, I need to lace this. I need to get it on there. I need to get it over the water. I need to get it over the, the bunker. I need to get it, whatever. You know what I say to that? Take the six. Yes, that's it. Why <laughs> Take the six and swing smooth. Don't take the seven and swing out of your shoes because you're going to screw it up nine times out of 10. Yeah. Just hit a normal six. Yeah. Look, People go, oh, but then it'll go too long. I'm like, you're assuming a lot here. You're assuming you absolutely are going to be under control of your swing speed and the fact you're going to hit dead flush in the middle of the face with the right amount of loft to make it go too long. That's a big assumption. Yes. It's also as big of an assumption. It It is a big assumption. Exactly. (laughs) And it's also a big assumption to think that you can all of a sudden just dial up the, the the level of energy and the level of force with the seven iron and hit it in the middle of the face and have it be that perfect shot. You're making two really crappy assumptions right there. Uh, And and if either of those assumptions does not come to pass, 
that shot will not be anywhere close to what you had envisioned. Right. Trust us on this one. Um, so, you know, just like, like you said, just swing smooth and just over club and don't let the Eagle get in the way. That's so many of us. I mean, I play with guys who sit there and think, well, I'm 150 yards out. That's a seven iron, but they don't have a prayer of hitting their seven iron 150 yards. You know, take, take the fairway wood. If you have to take the hybrid, if you have to don't, nobody's going to laugh at you going oh, only 150 yards and look what he's hitting. <laughs> Nobody cares. They don't. You hit, you hit it onto they, the green. You hit it where you need it to be. I don't care what you hit. They're just going to applaud the shot. Look, here's the thing that I have to say to all those clowns out there who have the thought that you just mentioned. Just hit the thing that's appropriate for the distance. And just if you're that ego is bruisable, if it's that bruisable, then just say, yeah, I took a little off the six. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I decided to bunt that one because I didn't want it to spin too much. Right. Exactly. Right. Just think about it and go, if your ego is just that, it's that fragile that you're worried about the guy that you play golf with all the time, who knows what you're going to do mm -hmm. is underclub yourself, swing out of your shoes, hit a bad shot and come up with the excuse of why that worked. This dude already knows your game. Why do you care? Yeah. Surprise him. <laughs> yeah, right. Hit one on the green with whatever it takes. <laughs> <That's> right. right? <laughs> They'll be like, wow. <laughs> Didn't see that coming. <laughs> How the hell did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What what made you decide to do something different? That's the thing, though. There's so many people out there that are that they're they're into their own routine of how they play. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they get out there and like you said, if it's if it's this yardage, well then they're gonna pull that club. Like, okay, I can understand putting your bag, put your hand in the bag if it's benign conditions mm -hmm. and it's 150 yards and it's a seven iron and you think that you actually do hit your seven iron 150 yards and you're right. And, and there's no conditions that tell you to hit anything different. Okay, I got it. But why not figure out the conditions first? Like maybe it's a little wet, maybe it's a little windy, you know, maybe it's soggy and your 150 includes the bounce and the roll that you're not going to get because it's soggy. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you ought to start thinking a little bit before you touch that club, that's your automatic distance club and think a little bit, what else could go on here? Lots because it's golf. Yeah. Lots can go wrong and yeah. probably will. I mean, Murphy's law, I think was developed for the game of golf. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. Yeah. I, I think Murphy was like the biggest bad luck dude ever. <laughs> Yes, indeed. He made a law about that. He, <laughs> he was in bad shape. That yeah. dude must have been Shankopotamus. <laughs> <laughs> Another one of those excuse guys. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I did the same thing. I was on a, a par three, and, and it, it's my nemesis. I think all of us have a hole that we just can't play. No matter what we try to do, it just doesn't work. And at Glen Oaks Country Club in Louisville, Kentucky, there is a par three that I I, I think I've played 17 rounds there this year, and I've been on that green once <laughs> off the tee on, in regulation. 
But I got smart. I went there. There's a little bit of a headwind. And I said, you know, I normally hit an eight iron. I'm going to hit a seven. And the guys are playing me. go, oh, no, man, the way you hit your seven, it'll be way over. I went, yeah, okay, maybe. I can chip back <laughs> if I need to, you know. Yeah. Uh, and it was on the green about 10 feet from the pin. You know, it was the club I shouldn't have used. But it was the club that got me there. So which which works, right? Yeah. That's you know, right. that's the deal is if you can pick out the club that winds up working, isn't that our goal? You know, I mean, isn't it really instead of saying, well, I got to have this be perfect. What? How about you take the one that's got the most likely chance of succeeding? Yes. And do that. Whatever that is. Whatever. Who cares which one? That's it. And just, you know, take the kudos or make the excuses and move on. More good advice. Yes, indeed. We got it. It's coming up. Hang with us. We are this weekend golf day. And if you're one of those companies that stayed open during COVID, I have some great news for you. Government funds are available to reward companies who stayed open during that challenging time. It's not a loan. You don't have to pay it back. Your hard work to stay open could qualify you for up to $26,000 per employee at refundsasap.com. That's refundsasap.com. You heard that right. Up to $26,000 per employee. This program is complicated, but nobody knows more about it than the tax experts at refundsasap.com. You pay nothing up front. They do all the work. Then they share a percentage of the cash they get you. Businesses of all types, including nonprofits and churches, can qualify, including those who took PPP loans. If you have five or more employees, let refundsasap.com help you get up to $26,000 per employee. Visit refundsasap.com. That's refundsasap.com. Refundsasap.com. We are back for a while yet. We are those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith, Golf Magazine Top 100 teacher. Bonita Bay is where he is hanging his shingle for the next uh, six or seven months or so. So you're 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 planning a little winter getaway, bringing the sticks with you. Yeah, uh, you're come on, close to Naples. You come give Jeff a holla. I can work with you. It's great. He can do that. You know, when I'm out in Colorado, it's a private club. And, um, well, Bonita Bay is a private club, but they, they allow me to work with, with anybody. But out in Colorado, it's just strictly members only. No riffraff in Colorado. No, it's no, not sir. that. It's just, you know, <laughs> look, there's there's people that are not riffraff, but are members of other private clubs out there. And I can't work with them at all. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, like, hey, wait a minute. Limited <laughs> audience here. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So anyway, in Florida, they're they're much more accepting. Teaching in Florida. Your yep. beloved Bermuda grass is predominant. <laughs> yeah. I know it's, it's a different in playing techniques. Is it a difference in teaching techniques? Well, yeah, certainly I have to teach, you know, uh, the shots around the green a little differently. Okay. Right. The, the language and the thought pattern is different. You know, I tell people to, you know, let's go swing through this grass and tell you what is, the, what does it tell you when there's no ball there? What does it tell you what's about to happen to your club? Is it easy to get to the bottom or hard? Are you fighting this grass? Is it fighting you? Is it giving you something very difficult? If that's the case, how do we get the club to the to where the bottom of the golf ball will be easily? 
So let's go look at clubs. Let's go look at angles of attack. Let's go look at face angles. Let's change those things. So yeah, it changes how I teach a little because, you know, I, I got to, the, the biggest thing is I have to take the expletives out of that when I talk about Bermuda. <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of the no. things that, that hanging out with you for so many years is, has done to me is, um, Maybe I now realize finger when you're ed- when you're editing. <laughs> <laughs> I now realize that a practice swing is not just an exercise. It's it it's a um, what can I say? It it's basically a a, a way to test scout the situation and make arrangements. You you should pay attention. Like you just said, what's the grass doing? Is the grass fighting the club? Is the grass going to grab the face and twist it in your hand is, you know, do you have to make arrangements to combat that when you actually have have a battle of the, do I have a battle on my hands or not? Yeah. I mean, so many of us just swing the club just to, you know, get the muscle memory going. And don't pay any attention to any of the situations we run into during a practice swing. You know, and, and that's kind of good to get the muscles going, but yeah, there's more to it. Yeah. You know, learn right. a little. Yes. Learn a little something. Right. Figure that out. There's a lot of ways to skin a cat, but boy, that information that you learn on a practice swing can be helpful. Mm-hmm. If you know what to look for, if you know what you're feeling. I mean, you have to be yeah. conversant with what's going on down there, anyhow. Right. Yeah. You know, one of the ways that I tell people all the time, they're sure they're like, well, I don't know how to feel this. And I said, well, swing in the air and don't touch anything and tell me what that feels like. You can identify that one and then go to the thick grass and make a swing through the thick grass. Then go to the light rough, you know, and, and feel right. that there's three completely different feels right there. And then you can identify. It. Yeah. Yeah. You do need a frame of reference. Granted. It's a lot like the people when I'm talking about feeling the slope on a green. Yeah. You know, and they tell me, well, I can't feel anything in my feet. Like, okay. So there's people out there with neuropathy. They can't. Right. But maybe they're feeling it somewhere in their body. But the first thing I do is I take them to a big slope and tell them, you tell me you can't feel that you're tilted on this. Well, okay. It's this one. I'm like, (laughs) okay, now let's go to nothing from the big one and go to something halfway in between. And then it kind of wakens you up to being aware. Yeah. Right. Again, though, the the thing that is so important is don't look down when you're doing it. Oh, that's right. Don't give your brain information because that the information that it looks flat when it's not. Yep. Right. So if you take away the eyes in this, you certainly enhance your feel because your other senses start to, to pick up, but all there's, I, you know, I get, it's one of the big mistakes I see people do in terms of when they're, they're trying to get the feel for the slope on the greens using the aim point is they look down. I'm like, no, 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 no. Your feet are telling you one thing, your body Mm -hmm. reacting to the slope is telling you one thing. And then your eyes are staring down at the ground from this above viewpoint, looking down at the ground and they're giving your brain something else. And all of a sudden you don't get it. And your eyes override your brain. I can can speak firsthand knowledge, man. I mean, you, you look straight ahead and your feet will feel the slope. You look down and your feet will not feel the slope. Right. I've even had some people who struggle with this 
stand there, you know, in a normal stance with their head looking at the horizon. And I even tell them to shut their eyes. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they could stand there for five seconds and go, oh my God, I do feel it. Yeah. When they didn't before. Right. If we take away one of those senses, we enhance the others. Yep. I had a guy put his hand on the green, just he couldn't feel it, anything. And I just had him put his hand down on the green from straight down, just put it on there. And I said, did you tilt your hand in any way? Is your wrist tilted in any way? And he goes, oh yeah, it sure is. I said, okay, now let your ankles do that. He went, oh, Uh I've been standing here all firm. My feet are squeezing. My Uh legs are tight. I'm like, okay, got it. Just let yourself go, let's say supple and movable. Mm -hmm. Then start to feel things. Yeah. Yeah. That goes back to the same thing of the people who squeeze the daylights out of a club with a wedge in their hand and they can't feel how much resistance is in the grass because they're squeezing so hard that they can't tell anything. Yeah. They can't even get a sense of how hard and fast they're swinging the club when there's no resistance at all when they're swinging through the air. Those are the people, you know, excess tension Mm -hmm. is a killer of feel. And we're trying to get some feel to have some input as to what we're going to do. Not to mention to get some touch around the greens. Could you imagine if you were, uh, let's say, shooting a basketball at a rim? Because it's, you know, it's late October. It's basketball season coming up, right? Uh (laughs) And uh, what if all of a sudden you were trying to shoot and there was so much tension in your legs and your back and your, your, your feet and your hands and your arms? You'd just be up there, Mr. Brick, wouldn't you? So let yourself get a little athletic and supple on these wedge shots around the greens, on these putts, and you can feel things and just kind of feel some easy flow going on. And then all of a sudden you'll control things a whole lot better. You do. And it's, you know, I I explained to somebody what what you had explained to me about gripping the, the club too tightly is it. It it affects negatively everything. It it makes it so your wrists don't move as subtly as they should or can, or you would want them to. Um, your entire body doesn't move if it's stiff. It doesn't move with with the the power that you need to move to hit the ball well. All no, from just gripping not. too tight. Your muscles yeah. get tight. I mean, just do this, and you can feel your your forearm muscles are tight. Your biceps get tighter. You know, it's not conducive to. Um, Swinging freely, let's say. Do that again. Raise your arm and do that again. I want to see this gun show you're putting on. Oh, it's not a gun show, man. I'm just... <laughs> there we go. <laughs> not bad for an old dude, huh? <laughs> not bad for an old dude. That's good. So, yeah. so, so. Let, me, let me ask you a question about how you feel shots in your short game. When you're around the green, what's your process? What are you doing as a regular amateur player? What are you doing? Uh, I close my eyes and hope. <laughs> it's what you taught me, man. Yeah. Oh, it's not what you taught me. You said, listen, in your case, just close your eyes and hope. <laughs> yeah. And then I said something on the tee was swing hard in case you hit it too. I think I said something like <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. No, try, try to just, you know, take some practice swings and just feel what the grass is like. You know, because like you said, if if the grass is going to be thicker and resistant, you're going to have to swing differently than if 
the, the club is going to move easily through yeah. the grass. I tend to just scrape the top of the grass anyhow in my swings with my irons, whether it be, you know, uh, close to the green or or out in the middle of the fairway or wherever. I don't I don't take a whole lot of uh, uh, turf unless, of course, <laughs> I've hit it badly. <laughs> but you know, but no, I do, a- I do. Just just swing. I watch. I watch where the club head hits, or where the club head is in relation to where it should be to hit the ball, and and set up accordingly. Good. Do you ever uh, just like watch where the bottom of the club? Yeah, that's what I meant. Where the bottom of the swing? Where the bottom of the club is in yeah. relation, especially in relation to where it should be vis a vis the ball, and yeah. uh, and position myself accordingly. Good for you. And if right. you were to do that, you would have much better short game the next time, the very next time you go out to play some golf. 